Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. I'm Kathy and this is Jackie. We're your hosts for today's podcast. Say hi, Jackie. Hello. <laughs> she does exist. I'm She's alive. Not barely. just in my imagination. <laughs> I'm a person. <sighs> so let's go over some housekeeping. If this is your first episode, first off, thank you. Second, you can always go down and download the previous episodes, which are available on the previous on these platforms, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean.com. We're also on Twitter at all things eerie, eerie with three E's, from Erie PA and Instagram at Kathy B R D L Y. And we try to keep followers, our followers, yes, I said followers, plural updated when the next episodes are coming out and i try to keep an episode ahead of schedule because of having our granddaughter who is four and it's always a go 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 and barbie's all weekend long so anyone who are parents know and feel what i'm going through so it's an awesome weekend and you know disney's movies disney's movies Disney. So much Disney. So <laughs> little time. Right now it's Scooby-Doo. Yes. Scooby-Doo and Monsters Incorporated. Yes. Monsters Inc. Incorporated. I know things. It's fine. Yeah. Words are hard. We know. I have that issue all the time. But if you have any questions or comments, feel free to go to any of the online sites and start a conversation with us. Or if you would like to have a particular case read online on our podcast, let us know what it is and we would gladly do the research and we will give you a shout out online. So Jack A, hmm. is there anything interesting that's been going on in your life that you have been hiding from us for the past, mm, I don't know. 23 episodes. <laughs> 23 episodes, yes, because people probably have been thinking I was crazy. And I know I say I have an entourage that's living in my head, but people have probably been thinking I've been making you up. Yeah. Uh, no, just working. Yeah. Just working and being, being sick. Yeah, dying almost for a whole week. That was fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've said. You know, you've been sick. I've been sick. Back it's and been, forth. You know, yeah, your immune system issues. Yeah, the fun times. So, always, always, always great, great, great stuff. But a whole lot has been. It, we've had a busy weekend this weekend. Uh, all the kids were here at the house last night. Fun times. Yeah, hanging out, yep. doing family stuff. Yep, made some French toast this morning. Boom. Heck yeah. Yep. It's like it was before they left the house and moved down on their own. No, just kidding. Don't pretend you're sad. <laughs> Do not. I only pretend for friends. Ah! <clears throat> Anyways. It makes me feel better about yeah. my life decisions. Exactly. Anyways, this week's episode is about a Dr. John Boyle who murdered his wife about... 31 years ago and her name was Noreen Boyle and they had uh they have a son named Collier Landry who was the prime witness during the investigation and he was also the subject of a documentary called A Murder in Mansfield which is where the murder ha happened in Mansfield Ohio and you'll find out along the way through our podcast about what happened. So a little background on Dr. Boyle and his wife, Noreen. Dr. John F. Boyle Jr. was born on May 1st, 1943, which at this point makes his current age actually about 76. I have 75 on here, but it's 76. And he graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 1973, which I wasn't even born yet. And he also graduated uh, from the Philadelphia College College of Osteopathy and Noreen herself her name was her maiden name was Schmid so Noreen B Schmid Boyle was born November, uh, September 28 1945 they met when they were 17 and 19 respectively and married in 1968 and had Landry 10 years later which six months 
before the murder, they adopt a little girl named Elizabeth from Taiwan. So they're basically like high school sweethearts. Yeah, that, and that's sad. Just like six months prior, just adopting a little girl from you know who needed a family. Yeah, and to have that happen. So the Boyles lived in Mansfield since 1983, and they had moved from Virginia, where John worked at a Navy clinic. And he was planning to move to Erie to practice occupational medicine and review industrial injury claims. And he himself was a uh, a well-to-do doctor, which Landry explains he was always on call and he was hardly there while Landry was growing up, which isn't uncommon. For doctors, no. Right. Especially someone who is very prominent in their uh, practice and and in their, in their field in their field, and in a smaller town, where I do believe I read it was for every it was one in thirteen people or for thirteen thirteen every thirteen people were one of his patients out of that town. So I mean he he was really That's a lot of people a lot of people he was seeing a lot of people so he was yeah. he was making some bank on this making the yeah, exactly. So he was being raised by his mom, and he said his relationship with his mom was the only real relationship that he knew. And that's not uncommon when moms are raising the kids, and they're there all the time. And he thought of her as his best friend, his best friend in a lot of ways, and he thought it was reciprocal, which I'm sure she did, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean... That's how we are. Like, you're my best friend, and I like to think you're my be- vice versa, that I'm your best friend since we talk all the time. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But, <laughs> but obviously things weren't going well in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Noreen filed for a divorce in November of 1989 after 22 years of marriage, which is a long time to put up with someone's bullshit. Oh, yeah. And she charged extreme emotion uh extreme mental cruelty and gross neglect and their 12-year-old son Landry at the time he was the key wet- witness for the prosecution so basically she's divorcing him for being emotionally abusive and just neglect to their family like he just wasn't around correct correct uh saying he wasn't around and uh the things that he was doing even though he wasn't leaving physical marks on them it was the emotional abuse that right. that was going on the emotional scars right uh that same month john boyle um such a nice guy that he was <laughs> he purchased a lakefront house here in mill creek mm-hmm. for his girlfriend oof yeah uh oof. here at erie uh he but and he had insisted that they needed to take possession of the house by January 1st of 1990 of that year. Mm. He, Mr. Boyle apparently had a lot of affairs and his wife knew about them and that's not uncommon. She just chose to look the other way. And, um, some wives choose to do that, but as obviously when she chose to file for divorce, she had had enough. So which any sane Logical woman, woman would do do after a certain point. Twenty two right. years of putting up with BS. So yeah, when they when he purchased the house, he was working with obviously a realtor here in uh, Pennsylvania. John contacted the realtor at one point in December of that year of eight, of nineteen eighty nine, and he wanted to know what was under the basement floor. <laughs> Um, some think it was an innocent enough request for the average home buyer, which it could be, especially if you're buying near lakefront property. Right. Um, Ground shifting, have to be worried about the concrete cracking if it's concrete that's under the floor. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of the, uh, properties around here sit on clay and stuff like that. So you got to know about drainage and all of that stuff. Um, but with what would happen a month later, the question would come back and be raise com- suspicion. Mm-hmm. On December nineteenth, John rented an electric jackhammer to use that weekend of December 29th. And these are timeline events that have happened that will that happen from that November 
leading up into the following January. December 27th, 1989, John got the new keys for his house, all ready to start his new life with his girlfriend with just one big problem. He had a looming, messy divorce, which personally I think it would have been cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Easier. And easier. December 30th at the Mansfield house. At the time, 11-year-old Landry saw his mother before he went to bed. And then Boyle reportedly, like we said, he carried on many affairs. And But at that time, his mistress was a Sherry Lee Campbell. And she was due to give birth to a daughter oh. that January. Hence, needing the new home. Oof. So, and then... Within two weeks, though, Noreen would disappear. Would disappear. So hmm. convenient. Mm, so you would think. Even though Noreen, she's a mother too. She managed to cope with her husband's various affairs over the years. Some thought she cared more about maintaining a stable home for Collier, who was 11 at the time, and Elizabeth III, who just came into this family within six months, than she did about her her own hurt feelings. And that does happen. Right. Because a lot, you talk to women who are going through divorces, who are dealing with a cheating spouse, and you ask them, well, I did it because of the kids. They needed that stable family. Home life. Home life. You know, just until they graduate, just until they graduate. Right. And then then I'll leave because then it's just him and I in the household. Um, the kids won't have to see it. The kids won't have to bear witness to it. Right. Um, but other people thought she liked the lifestyle. Yeah, he was a very wealthy man. She could go shopping. She had her rain ro- Range Rover. She had a BMW. He had a very thriving medical practice. Um, which he specialized in Medicaid and Medicare cases. And they she, they thought she, he was a money-making machine. And um, But this is according to uh, what was on forensic files. But people said that Noreen was a very straight-laced person, person um, pretty down-to-earth. She came from humble beginnings. She came from a working-class background. She was a daughter of a secretary and a machinist. And had trained as a dental hygienist, which would have gone perfectly along the lines of his background. They could have started out their practice together. Right. Yeah, because I know if you're a dental hygienist, you do have to take some uh, managing classes before you want to run your own business. Correct. Correct. And a a lot of husband and wife teams run their own office. Mm -hmm. Um, As a matter of fact, the dentist that I had here in Erie at the Lecom building her and her husband were looking at, you know, do we go into our own dental practice or do right. we start out in a huge practice to get started and then break off, right. you know? So, and, but him and her were both dentists. Oh, yeah. She wasn't looking to be the office manager. She was the dentist. dentist. Yeah. And, and so was he. Well, no. Like, yeah. Yeah. My but, friend's mom, but, she was a dentist, started a business. She knew nothing about running the business. So I think he was saying she didn't pay herself for 10 years. Hmm. See, I mean, it, it just works out that way. In, in in an article that I found, you know, how true that this is, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I had a theory and you and I talked about this. Some people, some people said that she told friends that she grew up in a mansion and, and knew Grace Kelly's family. And that she also claimed to have an MBA from Wharton College. Now, the theory is for my theory is because that the people that were in her social circle, social circle, I speak goodly. Um, if, if you're born to money, that's one thing, but marrying into money, it can be a total different aspect of it. Um, where John himself was the one making the money he was being respected. He's the doctor. He's the one that's doing it. Where she's the stay-at-home mom, and where she would go to the parties, and people would look at her, and she's the Mrs. Doctor John Boyle, and people would ask her, "Well, what do you do? Where do you come from? Where you know?" And 
what, what does she say? Well, my mom's a secretary and my dad's a machinist. How, how good does that look? You know, and so she I'm, was worried about her appearance to their social circle because she didn't want to look like a gold digger, basically. Exactly. Exactly. So, but getting back to the timeline now in the, in the, on November 27th, Boyle sends a letter to his patients to tell them that he will soon close his office. And getting back to, as we mentioned before, uh, Noreen had filed for divorce in November after the 22 years of marriage. And she was uh, charging extreme mental cruelty and gross neglect. That same month, John Boyle and Sherry purchased that lakefront house in Mill Creek Township. And that they needed to take possession of the house by January 1st, which we said was because Sherry was expecting that that, that new baby. baby. John Boyle contacted the re- realtor for the house on December 4th and wanted to know what was under the basement floor, like we said before, just a gloss over. Then rented the jackhammer, got his keys on December 30th, Landry saw his mom for the last time. Now we're getting into what is considered into the, what was a clip from the trial. Uh, Just according to John, just one month later on the evening of December 30th, this is his claim. He came home one night and fell asleep on the family's living room couch. And later on, Noreen had woke him up and started hollering to uh, hollering at him about different things, you know, being in Mansfield, money, Sherry, you know, everything under the sun. And, and John says during the prison visit with his son, and this was on an ID documentary, that she picked up a knife and came at me with a knife. So I pushed her and she hit her head against the wooden table. And he claims to have t- attempted uh, CPR, but quote unquote, she was lifeless, she was dead. But what he would say in court a year later would be totally different. In court, John testifies that he never struck her at all during their marriage. No, I did not, quote unquote, cause the death. And he adds, I do not, I did not kill Noreen. I never harmed her at all. You and I both know that the only one that, the only ones that really know what happened are John and Collier. John and Noreen. John and Noreen. Right. But Noreen's dead. Right. And he's not going to tell you exactly what happened. Right, because he doesn't want to look guilty. My thing is, I want to skip back to the whole, well, I performed CPR on her lifeless body. My thing is, why would you administer CPR for a head wound? That would be a good question. Because that's not what that's for. But whatever. Like, that just sounds sus, like, suspect not right. Like, it sounds like something he made up on the spot for someone who doesn't understand injuries, I guess, for a doctor, you would think. Well, he's a doctor. He he is a dentist, you know, so he would know mouth injuries, but, you know, a head wound, if she's not breathing, okay. Is he orthodontist? Is that what that word was? Osteopathy. He he does mouth. Yeah, mouth work. And today I learned. We learn every day. Yeah, but today I learned. Mm, cool beans. So here's the thing. You, like I said, you're only going to get one side of the story. And what he wants you to hear is that my wife was being grumpy. And she spent too much of my money. And blah, 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 blah. And let's not talk about how I couldn't keep my dick in my pants. And just jumped on its own. Whoop, sorry. Couldn't control it. I have urges. But, like, and that's that's what guilty people do. They try to deflect the guilt and the blame onto somebody else. Right. That's what you do when you are guilty. They keep pointing fingers at everybody else, but they keep forgetting that even though you have one point, one finger pointing out that there's three pointing, pointing back. Right, by, right back at you. Bam. You know, so th- that's what they keep forgetting. Again, the murder took place in the hours before New Year's Eve, 1990. 
and the people from Boyle's old hometown of Mansfield, Ohio, have never stopped talking about the case, which is something that small towns all do. It doesn't make any difference because even though there's a lot of things that happen around in that area, right? It it affected that area so much. much. Well, small town. That's a that's a big thing to happen. Like that's huge. Like it's probably one of those towns where like, oh, that would never happen here. Not yeah. here. Maybe somewhere like uh like Dayton or Cleveland or yep. like up here in Erie, but no, us? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. But between the hours of three AM and three fifteen AM on December thirty first, Landry said he woke up because of a scream and two th- two loud thuds. He said he was scared to get up because of his father. And the next morning when he woke up, uh, Landry saw that his mother was not around and his dad, John, told him that his mother was off on a mini vacation and would be back in a few days. Now, how often that happened, I don't know. The, the poor kid had no idea that that was the last time he saw his mom. It just, that part breaks my heart for the small boy that he was at the time. Right, because, like, he probably knew something bad happened, but... Just didn't know what. He didn't know what. He couldn't ask because he was scared of his own father. Exactly. What he didn't know is that his father had hit his mom over the head and then finished her off by suffocating her with a plastic bag. And horrifyingly, the three-year-old little Elizabeth, she apparently was a witness up to it. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, she had told one of the investigators, a, a Lieutenant David Mesmore, that she saw John hit Noreen over the head and then Daddy put Mommy on the floor and wrapped her up like a snowman. See, and this is what people still don't get, and I know I've talked about this on before. You and I have both talked about this. Kids see and hear everything, and this is all in caps in my notes they might not be able to process it in terms that adults can understand however they see and hear everything and adults need to remember this before you have your next fight or before that you think you can get away with something because there's just a small child around they might not understand it at that very moment but they eventually will and then you're going to get caught this sick fuck had no problem killing his wife with both of the children at home at the same time and one of them was more than able to process about what was going on exactly he was just too scared to ask police believe that this is the day that john killed his wife and leading to the local trial of the central century in that part of ohio Uh, authorities obtained search warrants partly on the word of their children after killing Noreen, her husband decided on a very sick way to conceal her body. Dr. John Jack Boyle created a grave beneath the concrete basement of their floor of their new house in Erie. Knew it. That's it's what they do. It's not like he couldn't have found a way to bury her somewhere in a grave, anywhere else. But think about it. He had to keep her with him and know where she was at all times. He would be able to walk on her, to humiliate her, and to add insult to injury, he had his mistress there living with him in the same house. Just where right her above her. Talk about possessive. Oh, yeah. If I can't have you, nobody can. <laughs> exactly. And then over the next course of the few days, when he had this, he was preparing the house for the move. He renovated that basement he took that jackhammer and then he dug up the floor and what obviously was a very big job he gathered up the pieces of the broken concrete dumped them onto the property owned by mark davis who was a business associate of who was also his mistress's uncle You can't see my face right now, but I'm just making a what the fuck a confused like why yeah. what what did you think was gonna happen after this like uh, it, it, yeah giant <laughs> blocks of concrete, concrete on a business person's like person's associate who is property? also related to your mistress for anybody who's a true crime person junkie if you will and which by the way I love that podcast. 
how many times have you seen a person do this? They leave a huge paper trail that literally follows them from one crime scene to another. If you're going to do something, you A, don't rent equipment in your name. B, you don't dump garbage on the property of someone you know. Correct. And C, don't get people you know to return the equipment. Yeah. Like, just... And those of you that I know are listening to this are shaking your heads going, duh. But then again, we think like the mind with the minds of someone who's watched way too many Well, that, and shows. it's probably also his arrogance that got to him. He was like, ah. Yeah. Correct. It's not going to get Correct. me. And his arrogance is really going to bite him in the ass later on. And for people who were, who were investigating this, they called... They called the homicide an amateur job, which is pretty typical as, you know, a true crime aficionado would go. You know, a spouse finds a new love and murders the old one to avoid the battle over kids and money, which, again, I'm telling you, it would have been cheaper for the divorce. Oh, most definitely. But you end up getting fucking caught. It still ends up being fucking cheaper to get a damn divorce and then try to beat a murder rap. You don't fight over the toaster. I know it's easy to say whenever you don't have to fight fight over money. How much was this guy's legal team? If it was a team, and, and there was more than one attorney involved, and apparently he was a real ass with his legal team. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, guess what? You have to listen to them. They're the experts, not you. You are literally paying them to help you, you get away with murder. murder. Exactly. If you want, if you want to win, you need to do what they tell you to do. Right. And at this point, he was free to move on with Sherry Campbell. Once, once the murder was done, once he was in there, you know, she was 26 years old. His wife Ew. was 44. Ew. She was 26 and very pregnant with his child. Mm. He told Collier that Noreen had gone on his her little vacation, and he was, you know, content. With that, and he saw that, you know, her stuff was gone and that he saw his wife leave the house and that she was picked up by someone in a car. Descriptive. Yeah. He's a douchebag is what he is. A fucking douchebag. By this time, it's January 1st. No one's heard from Noreen. So one of Noreen's friends called the police to say they cannot reach her. And then that's when the son tells that tells the police he heard thumps in the night before. By January 2nd, the brother of the mistress returns the rented jackhammer. Smart. Mm. And this goes with the above statement. On January 4th through the 8th, Boyle bought some green indoor and outdoor carpeting. On the 8th, he had some shelving units put in his new home's basement. Okay. Where the body's buried. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The contractor putting the shelving in noticed that even though it was quite cold out, the basement windows were kept open. For the smell. For the smell. Remember when you said he was an arrogant prick? Yep. Not only does he bury the body in the basement of his new house, but he has someone come in and actually do the work in the basement where there's going to be a smell. And that's why the windows were open. Regardless if she's under however many inches you know the six feet that you're supposed to bury a body correct to keep away from the smell there's only a few inches of dirt and then maybe a foot or two of concrete there's still that smell and then he had them put down the green carpet and put shelving units in this is gonna sound really dumb i'm just curious what shade of green carpet because a green carpet is just gonna look bad but like hey i i I don't know he was he was a crick anyways on January 12th, Sherry had their baby, and the family didn't have much time before the events of 31st caught up with John. And honestly, I don't know what Sherry was thinking. She knew he had a wife who all of a sudden went missing or, quote-unquote, on, on vacation. You know, what did she think was going to happen to her when he got tired of her and she turned, like, 45? Like, it's okay for him to get older and gray, but not the wife. That's just like, that is a thought process of some men like, 
that they just think women are supposed to stay youthful and beautiful, but do all of this, this, and this. He had to have been so manipulative to let her think he was probably feeding her all his eyes. Oh, our marriage is just down the trash. Like, you know, I'm leaving her. I'm leaving her. Like, you're the one I want to be with. I'm so in love with you. Because, I mean, like, that happens. That happened to me. I had an ex-boyfriend who did that to a girl where he just sat there and he just whispered sweet nothings in her ear and constantly was telling her how he's going to leave me for her. But, you know, when I show up, it's, oh, well, that's not going to happen. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, but did like, he ask you to sign for a house under his ex-wife's name? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> on the new lakefront, quote-unquote, lakefront property, the signature that's on it, the ex the the mistress signed mm -hmm. the wife's name so yeah why why would she knew what she was doing oh but, god that's so yeah. disgusting at this point is when the authorities recovered noreen's body on january 25th 1990 under the basement floor of boyle's new home in in erie the 31st is when he's indicted on charges of murder and abuse of a corpse his assets are frozen. In February, he finally admits that he's the father of, the mistre of his mistress baby. How do you deny that shit? She's living in your house. She's pregnant. She gives birth. She's living in the house that, that you, you bought, bought. Supposedly for her. Had right. her sign your wife's name to the document so she can live there. Which, by the way, he was going to have his kids come live in oh no oh yeah what? like mm -hmm. oh my god so like just but in march his parents start a public campaign supporting him and to create a legal defense fund because that's what parents do i'm right. not going to rip on the parents because the parents got to believe that this is what you know he's telling the truth this is a mistake you know he's being wrongfully accused because you never want to hear that your child is actually a murderer a manipulator and an abuser and just yep. a exactly disgusting thing piece of crap exactly so in in june of that year the trial begins in richland county common police court before a judge james henson now this attorney that's speaking the last name whitney got into it a little bit later on Whitney was retained by Boyle's mother, but he was difficult with what he was allowing them to do. This attorney had to learn on the fly with the trial. He wasn't allowing them to do what they needed to do. With the way he was as a narcissist, he wouldn't allow them to take a plea or anything like that. He was like, nope, I'm innocent. Nope, I'm innocent. I'm not going to make any deal that will make anything easier on me. Exactly. Because we all know I'm not innocent, but I'm innocent. Exactly. We're going to get this innocence proven and, you know, I'm just going to get off scot-free. Exactly. And that's what he wanted. And it, it was like having a, a sign around his neck saying, I'm guilty. I'm but, guilty, but I'm pretending I'm not. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's like, I'm guilty, but... It's written all over your face, all in your demeanor, in your just. I didn't do it. You, you have all this evidence against me, but it wasn't me. So I could never do mm, such a thing. Exactly, but good family. Yeah. He was he he had to be always right. There was only so much he was allowed. Or this person was allowed to do. Like I said, he was adamant about no plea deal was allowed to be made, and because he had long claimed his innocence. He always maintained that some car came up and she went out to it and disappeared. You know what? Yep. Noreen just walked off into the sunset, went out, died somewhere else, had her body, her body transplanted back to Erie right under their noses. It's a brilliant way to get back to them for all the affairs. I mean, for fuck's sake, she would have had an easier time getting a voodoo doll made and have his dick fall off. I mean, seriously. Or just like literally anything else <laughs> i said seriously and siri came on sorry nope wasn't you it was my phone <laughs> well no I, don't, I know it was your phone but yeah like like the fact that he's just trying to paint this horrible picture of his wife 
just to look more innocent when so many people knew who she was, how she was, and have gotten to know her. Like, you can't. That's not even the worst part. It's when his brother got involved. Oh, my God. His brother worked at the Pentagon and claimed he ran into Noreen at uh, Washington's Dulles International Airport. He talked to her. (laughs) Right. He talked to her and he and and said that she had been carrying a gun in her purse. Yeah, are you fucking kidding, right? Now this is before 9/11. So, I mean, things were different, okay? But the defense attorney said Boyle's brother made a reference to Noreen being connected to a child abduction ring. Oh my god. <laughs> Not only that, but he claimed that Noreen's adoption of Elizabeth from Taiwan was illegitimate. He also claimed that the adoption was the first operation test of a baby seller selling operation for which Noreen Boyle became an agent and that she and an associate had nabbed several hundred thousand dollars in clear profit profits from from the illegal enterprise. And this guy works for the Pentagon. It's so like. I'm so, hoping he got fired after that for... I don't know where he is at personally, but I can tell you that the attorneys did not call him to testify. Because <laughs> they knew it was bullshit. And that was a stretch. I, well, this guy makes up more stories than J.K. Rowling. <laughs> so, at least she got paid. Yeah, she got paid for it. So she got paid very well. Whether or not he got paid, eh, I don't know. Around the same time that Jack was pushing for a new trial, his aforementioned brother, Charles C.J. Boyle, began that smear campaign against Noreen. And if this hadn't been a murder trial, I'm not sure Noreen's family would have thought this would have all been laughable about everything that the brother was saying. Because this that wasn't the only thing. Noreen, they he had said that Noreen was an international gold jewelry smuggler and had planned to burn down the new house in Erie out of jealousy. Now that, I actually, if I had been in her shoes, I would have thought about. I mean, that's like that's the kind of stuff you talk but, about, but like burning somebody's house down. Like you're drunk, but, you're upset, you're sad. But wouldn't have gone through with it. Correct. That is something you would say. Like you got big but, talk, but you aren't going, going to, to do, do it. with it. But an international... What books are they reading? What <laughs> shows are they watching? This like this is what the forties. So like there was no. A lot this of was nineteen ninety. This is nineties. So th- what TV shows are they trying to base this off of that they thought they were going to be able to get away with? No, I just think he was in the Pentagon too long, and he's the reason why they have you know those jokes of like military intelligence. <laughs> Apparently, like I just I don't, and I am all pro military. I am so pro-military, it's not even funny, but he gives the... He gives him a bad name. name. He gives him a horrible name. So much of a bad name. Shouldn't there be, like, an IQ test if you're going to be in military intelligence? Like, shouldn't you have a certain IQ IQ before you can be in the intelligence squadron, like, of the Pentagon? Like, our highest intel area? IQ test squadron? (laughs) Like, no, you know what I meant? Like, just in that whole group of people, it's an intelligence area. It is where they get intel on, like, the world and everything. It is where they bring in information. You should be smart to work there. There should be a least, like, there should be (laughs) a a minimum IQ limit. Like, sorry, you have to at least have an IQ of whatever. I don't know IQ scales. I don't know what they are. Like, I don't know what that was meant to test. Apparently. (laughs) Like... But he's still there, or he was still working there. Like, but like, oh my gosh! Oh, one of the it's just one. Of there was things. another theory that the body found in Erie was not Noreen's. And okay, it, okay, this and it's based on this. The Cuyahoga County Coroner did the autopsy and they weighed the body. It was a huge weight compared to what people said that Noreen weighed. Like we don't lie about our weight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People think I weigh less than 150 when they find out that's not the case. They're like, oh, oh really? really? You don't look it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, mine's all boobs and butt. But Same. <laughs> the, the attorney said part of my argument was that she was alive. It couldn't have been her because she didn't weigh that much. You're mixing body parts and concrete. 
And Not you can't only that, get but body all of parts, that. Isn't there off. also like a thing where they like swell? Like where they just like blow up a little bit, so what? like full of gas and like just other liquefying organs. During Women lie all the time about their weight. I usually slash off a good five to seven pounds off mine. Yeah, but you're Chinese, we- so it's fine. <laughs> Shut up. When I go to the doctor and they want to weigh me, I just say put fat and be done. Shut <laughs> up. You are not fat. Just you are half fat. of me. You are half of me. Yes, you are. You're half of me. Okay. So, whatever. Noreen's body was re-exhumed in Baltimore, was exhumed and taken to Baltimore. They took a blood sample, okay, and matched it to Noreen's sister to put a rest to any any lingering questions. Because there was also an issue that there was a human error when they probably. checked the eye color. Yeah, probably. There was there it was wrong. They said it was one color when it wasn't. So because of that, they were like, oh no, 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 it's not her. Well, who the hell else is gonna put a fucking body under your house? Yeah. Like it just even just the situation mm-hmm. at hand, just like the timeline, like all of a sudden, like, right as you're moving into your house, your ex wife disappears. Goes, and, and, you know, a and month it's later. outside of like county and state lines. Yeah. And then this body just happens to appear, appear in, in your, your basement. basement. Mm hmm. And the other, the, the other key for, for him being found guilty was, um, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, was the, <laughs> was the jackhammer. Okay, that he leased on December 29th and quote unquote reportedly used to tear up the floor to bury Noreen. Mm-hmm. Boyle offered a different, a little bit far fetched reason for buying a jackhammer. And anybody who lives up in this area is going to get a kick out of this. He said he used it to break up the ice on his property because he grew up near Erie with the lake effect and six month long winters but never saw a homeowner use a jackhammer to get rid of ice. People either left the ice alone or put rock salt on it or ruined their shovel blades hacking away at it. So he got a jackhammer. (laughs) As someone who lives literally like (laughs) 20 feet from the lake. You live farther than 20 feet. Barely. There's just a mansion in my way. <laughs> I like well, those I live, bastards. <laughs> yeah. I live like by the South Shore, like a, the, the mansion stretch of Presque Isle. I okay. know. Like, I know. But those that. We don't get that much snow, nor do we get that much ice, especially this season. Well, especially this season. But you do get ice. But the ice that he's talking about. It's coming from the lake, right? Right. But you can't walk on that ice. I mean, you can, but it depends on the time of year and no, how cold not, it is. No, not, not, I'm not talking about on the bay. I'm talking about on the actual lake. lake. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, you, you can't. can't walk on that because that's ice that has been built up uh, with the waves that have been, come in. Yes. They tell you every year you cannot walk on that. As a matter of fact, there was a little boy that just drowned a couple of weeks ago. Oof. There were two little boys that were out there and they were walking on those ice uh, the ice shells and he fell through yeah you cannot walk on that that ice is not that fucking thick yeah every year they tell you stay off the ice on the and lake it, yeah every year some dumbass goes out there not saying or that lets their boy, kids go out i'm there. not saying that little boy was a dumbass because he was only nine and he didn't know any better his parents should have known better his parents should have known better but if they left without them knowing about it they couldn't have known and, and I'm giving them a huge leeway on this because I don't know. I just know that that little boy is no longer there. But at the same point in time, every year they do a news piece. You cannot walk out on the lake with these because it is too thin. Yeah. The only parts that you can walk out are, are on the bay because the bay freezes. The rest of the lake does not freeze. Yeah, it's only like freezes up to a certain point, point to where you can still walk close to the shore but you cannot, cannot go, go further than that no so this dumbass is out here saying that oh yeah i'm using a jackhammer to cut up the ice and blah, 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 blah. what do you need to cut up ice for what are yeah. you doing uh, apparently like, he needs it for his refrigerator i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but put it in the bucket like anyways that was that was what happened. They matched up the jackhammer with the pieces from 
the uh, concrete that they found in the in the uh, uh, business associates yard from the basement from the basement <laughs> so smoking gun and then foot and mouth <clears throat> foot and mouth so to speak so he was found guilty he got 20 years he was also fined $250,000 for aggravated murder, $2,500 for abuse of a corpse, because he also got charged with abuse of a corpse. Right. Okay. So then, and this was in 1990. In December of 2010, he had his first parole hearing, which was denied. Good. His next one is October of this year. People of Erie in this general for this type of thing they tend to remember have long memories for this kind of thing because the people of mansfield people of erie the local news will bring this stuff up yeah and they will run news articles they will run you know exposés and stuff like that so they will keep it fresh oh yeah and the, the sun will probably come back for the parole uh, hearing of course you know and they might look at him and go well he's 76 years old how much damage can he do he fucking okay. took a life because he was too goddamn lazy to go to an attorney and say i need a divorce i need a pit bull i don't want her to have anything right be a man and just say what you want and end look, it and go do it it would have cost him a whole lot less money than what it did because this is what he got and i'm just i'm just going to skip to the end because it came the verdict came out after a four-week trial which ended the murder mystery of what happened in ohio and northwestern pa and like i said he got uh he was found guilty of aggravated murder and abuse of a corpse he was also fined twenty five thousand dollars on the charge of aggravated murder and twenty five hundred on the abuse of a corpse which i didn't know you could get fined for that i just knew you got your ass thrown in prison like i said he had planned to have his kids live with him and his girlfriend in the house in that house what sick fuck now this is what he got once the judge put everything down and they and and Noreen's family took him to court. Boyle was able to keep that house that that she was buried in. Mm. According to that lawsuit, he was also able to keep $20,000 after after the judge was done with him. After the estate of Noreen Boyle, um, they she'll keep the remainder of the assets because everything was frozen once he was arrested. Right. She kept the she kept the uh, remainder of what was accumulated throughout their marriage was which was five hundred thousand dollars back in that time, which I tried to do the calculation um, for that, and you're probably looking at like two million dollars at this point. Um, but uh, for the uh, for the calculations, but even his mistress went after him for a paternity suit, and she only got sixty seven thousand five hundred dollars. In today's money, that would be one hundred fourteen thousand two hundred fifty eight dollars and eighty one cents. I feel bad for the kids. Landry and Elizabeth, they lost their mom. The other little girl, she was brought into something that was not her own making. And she's going to have to learn how to process this. I mean, think about it. I mean, she was brought into this world at the time of... I just did a quick Google of how much that 500000 from 1990 would be in 2020. 986882 dollars and 17 cents. Almost a million dollars today. Booyah. Almost, so like, it almost just twice doubled. Yeah. So I was off by a mil. That being said, though, but for the kids, she's going to have to process that. So she, And she's only five years older than what you are. The adopted daughter? The little girl the that was born. The baby? Mm, yeah, Oof. six years. She's six years older than me, six so years. she's 29. Mm-hmm. She's going to be 30. Yeah. So, but that being said, um, she just turned 30. She would have turned 30. She'll, she'll turn 30 on the 21st. Oh, yeah. No, she turned 30 on the 31st. We're in February. That happened in January. January, right. So, but that being said, um, I mean, they processed that in their own way. 
the, the boy doesn't keep in contact with the little girl because he had only known her for six months. Right. They got adopted out to two different people. So they lost contact over the years. Yeah. And so they weren't losing able to contact keep... would also yeah. lose like ties. My yeah. thing is, even though they the little girl was adopted, they should they should have tried to keep them together. They might have tried, but I don't think they were able to. Um, should have tried harder. And, well, that's not the way the system works, unfortunately. You would think, but not. So that being said, I'm interested to see how that would go. That'll go this October, and and we'll. We'll do an update. Yeah, we do October. An yeah. And see how it goes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. It certainly was interesting to give uh, give us a look on how just how to walk away. Yeah. You know, it, it, murder is not worth it. No. Unless you know for a fact you can get away with it, which I'm not saying you should do that. I, that is not what I am saying. I'm not telling you to commit murder if you can get away with it. But most people. A good percentage of people cannot because eventually, no matter what you do, you will get caught. In they will find you. In today's society, everybody is on the grid unless you are fully off the grid and you can take that and just go with that. Mm. It is it is a circle of one, and I talk about it all the time. You cannot do anything. You cannot do your prep the day before you or the day of. You have to do things slowly over time. And... It is a circle of one because more than one person and you have to manage to make sure that that other person does not talk. And I'm not, and again, I'm not saying murder is a good thing. It's not, but anyways, that's just, you know, people talking. But anyways, part of this is the, that Noreen was in an abusive relationship. If you are in a relationship and are being abused, Call the Domestic Violence Helpline. It's 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. We'll add links to our Facebook page to the Domestic Hotline, and we'll also add sources to our Facebook page. And again, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. It's been great having Jackie back. Remember that we're on the following platforms, Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes. And that's our story for today. And this is Kathy. And Jackie. And we are signing off.